Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. One of my favorite audiobooks of 2023 was Matt Singer's Opposable Thumbs, How Siskel and Ebert Changed Movies Forever. As a lifelong fan of the two film critics, I geeked out on learning about the humble and somewhat shaky origins of their groundbreaking film review show, Sneak Previews. It was also fascinating to learn how much the show's format, two eminent critics engaged in a verbal duel, inspired other shows to do the same. Political shows like CNN's Crossfire and the syndicated The McLaughlin Group were now rife with heated crosstalk and contentious debate. There is no doubt the format was adopted by a lot of other shows, too. Unscripted and unpredictable, the format could be counted on to deliver a certain edginess to the audience, if done right. Now, I can't prove this, but I have a sneaking suspicion Vince McMahon took a cue from Siskel and Ebert when he thought of using a heel to do ringside color commentary on his weekly wrestling broadcasts. The year was 1984, and Vince McMahon was looking to shake things up at the WWF. So, this heel had to be a triple threat. Quick-witted, opinionated, and charismatic. Enter Jesse the Body Ventura. He was all three. Now, regardless of whether McMahon was influenced by the popularity of debate-oriented programs or not, Choosing Jesse to be his on-air antagonist was a stroke of genius. Sure, Jesse the Body was a flamboyant heel wrestler who wore feathered boas and leopard print leotards and held the tag team title with the equally flamboyant tag team partner Adrian Adonis, but he wasn't exactly a wrestling megastar in the ring. I'm sure I'd heard Jesse do promos, but I don't recall ever being bowled over by anything he said in those promos. Was anybody else in the running for the job? I don't know. But prior to Jesse, ringside color analysis was mainly Pat Patterson's job. Pat was semi-retired from the ring at the time, and I have to say, he was fair to middling as a broadcaster. That meant McMahon had to do a lot of heavy lifting behind the microphone calling the action and coloring the drabness of Patterson's commentary. Sorry to say, but after four years of Patterson's lackluster work, anybody else sitting next to McMahon was a welcomed relief. Today, of course, it's hard to imagine that it could have been anybody but Jesse, because Jesse is now such a cultural icon. The world knows him as a former mayor and the former governor of Minnesota, an actor in action films like Predator and The Running Man, the best-selling author of books like They Killed Our President, Democrips and Ribbloodlickens, and American Conspiracies. The world also knows him as a decorated former Navy SEAL, renowned public speaker, political activist, and podcaster. There's even talk of Jesse running for office again as a third-party political candidate. 
if there's still a viable third party out there. So sure, the world knows Jesse Ventura is quick-witted, charismatic, and opinionated now, but you'd have to have been watching pro wrestling in the beginning of the 80s to catch this rising star at the outset of his broadcasting career. I and many others were lucky enough to listen to him back then, and he gave me the courage, which no amount of schooling ever did, the courage to have an opinion. As the new saying goes, opinions are like podcasts. Everybody has one. But it's not enough to be opinionated. There's an art form to expressing an opinion. As the poet and amateur economist Minakshi Narayanan writes in her article, The High Art of Expressing Opinions, It's not just the opinions themselves, but the manner, rationale, and context in which we express them that truly unravels our personality. Narayanan breaks down the mastering of the art to three basic elements. The how, the why, and the where. The how is all about the words, tone, and delivery. In that regard, Jesse Ventura used clarity, conviction, and humor albeit mostly in the form of sarcasm, to reach the silent segment of wrestling fans rooting for the bad guys. He was a mouthpiece for the things we were thinking but couldn't say. Along the way, Jesse, without even really trying, probably persuaded fans of the babyface wrestlers to occasionally see things from the heels' point of view, too. Was Jesse intentionally trying to change minds? Did he care? Maybe the best way to change someone's mind is by not letting him or her know you're even trying. In addition to his powerful, persuasive abilities, Jesse was good at promoting the heels he defended on air, applying heat to those who needed it, and extolling those who were already red-hot. Some heels desperately needed the extra boost Jesse's approval could provide, others not so much. Regardless, everybody benefited from Jesse's commentary because WWF broadcasts were now somewhat fair and balanced, if such a phrase can even be applied to pro wrestling at all. Let's face it, pro wrestling consists of looking the other way. The referees do it all the time when the rules are being broken. Was a set of brass knuckles used in the ring? Whoops, didn't see it. And neither did Jesse. He was good at overlooking the rule breaking and even better at justifying it whenever McMahon called him out on his willful ignorance. This brings us to the why element of expressing an opinion. As biased as Jesse's commentary was, he still managed to listen and acknowledged McMahon's pro-good-guy take on everything happening in the ring. In other words, Jesse listened long enough to create the illusion, if indeed it was an illusion, that he and McMahon were having a real heated discussion and didn't much like each other. Although the apparent animosity never went beyond some amusing bickering, I could always sense the joy in Jesse's voice whenever he one-upped McMahon during a verbal exchange, which happened a lot owing to Jesse's quick thinking. Jesse once remarked his job basically consisted of telling his boss off every week, 
Now that sounds like a dream job most of us poor working stiffs would love to have. If the why element is all about the conversation, the where is all about the platform. I can't imagine watching a sporting competition on TV without commentators. It would be like watching a movie without a music soundtrack. I need to see the fans, read their clever homemade signs, hear their roars and chants. It's wrestling, and the opinions expressed usually stay confined to the world of wrestling. And because Jesse never mentioned politics or current events during his color commentary, I didn't even have an inkling politics was in his blood. Acting, yes, because wrestling is theater, wrestling is acting, but not politics. Politics has real consequences. Just because you have a platform doesn't mean it is the right setting to wade into deeper waters. Jesse eventually moved from the wrestling ring to the political ring, whereas heretofore unknown political opinions found their proper context. Using his former pro wrestler credentials to boost his outsider standing with voters, Jesse turned his wrestling platform into a springboard to bigger and better things. In that same respect, Siskel and Ebert were using their platform to talk to moviegoers about movies. And yes, occasionally they expressed their opinions about bigotry, sexism, and violence, but always in the context of the movies they were reviewing or the film industry in general. And yet, just from the nature of their discourse, passionate and articulate, I could tell Roger and Jean probably held thoughtful opinions on a lot more than just movies. Turning to Minakshi Narayanan again, she also wrote in her article, Beyond these three vital elements, I've discovered the elixir of the art of expressing opinions, choosing peace over arguments when a conversation won't lead to significant change. When I was a kid, I co-opted the opinions of Jesse Ventura and Siskel Niebert and many others and made them my own. Anybody who watched wrestling with me had to hear me echo Jesse's takes on why the good guy didn't deserve to win, how he robbed the supposed bad guy of a victory. And like Jesse, I tried to convince my friends the dirty tricks they thought they saw the heel wrestlers do didn't actually happen. I didn't convince a single one of them. But over time, I became a better debater. And all that meant was I was able to defend opinions that weren't truly mine. Anybody who wanted to go to the movies with me had to see what I wanted to see. Because if the movie hadn't earned two thumbs up from Siskel and Ebert, I wasn't going to go see it. Through sheer will, I managed to get a few of my friends to begrudgingly go along with my picks Frankly, it's a wonder anybody stayed friends with me. As I grew older and learned to mellow out, for the most part, I became less of a snob. I also became less interested in persuading anybody they were wrong about anything. Any political debating that took place was done in a very sporting manner. If it got out of control, I'd bow out. Let's agree to disagree is what I say. It is much more important to me today to choose peace over arguments when a conversation won't lead to significant change. Siskel and Ebert, sadly, are no longer with us, but I still watch them on YouTube regularly to revisit old reviews. 
On YouTube, I also watch old interviews of the always opinionated Frank Zappa and watch old segments of Andy Rooney ranting on the evils of daylight savings time. Opinionated people, those who do it right, anyway, will always have a gravitational pull on my mind. It's the how, why, and where of their persuasion. While watching videos of Jesse the Body Ventura on YouTube, I felt the same gravitational pull I felt when I was a kid. Jesse was railing on the nation's two-party political system and the need to overturn it and start over. But the more I watched him, the more sense he made. And just like that, the body was changing my mind. Like my mother-in-law is fond of saying, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. I have to remember that one all the time. On that note, I'll leave you with a Jesse quote that pretty much sums him up in a nutshell. Oh, there's phenomenal skill. I love to describe pro wrestling as a ballet with violence, you know, because Nuriev and those guys, they have to be athletes to do what they do in ballet. I speak my mind. If it offends some people, well, there's not much I can do about that. But I'm going to be honest. I'm going to speak my mind. And that's who I am. Because I am a man of conviction. You've been listening to Wrestling with Heels On. Only on the Sports History Network. Join me next time and we'll take another stroll down Villainy Lane. Just as a side note, quotes from Miss Narayanan's article were read by a text-to-speech software called Natural Reader and not by Miss Narayanan herself. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. This is Mark Mort here, and if you're a sports history fan like me, tune in and hear me talk about some great sports moments of the past. Growing up during the 1970s, I got to watch some of the most iconic moments in sports history. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. Willis Reed limping out of the locker room in Game 7 of the NBA Finals at Madison Square Garden as the fans erupted with a thunderous ovation. The 1980 Miracle on Ice as Team USA defeated the powerful Soviet Union in the Olympics. Listen every Tuesday on Yesterday's Sports. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.